Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom House. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, a mixed week for Wednesday. Defeat at Preston, but victory at Rotherham. We'll hear from Lee Bullen and Adam Reach. Uh, Dom's picked his most improved Wednesday 11 from your suggestions on Alpinions. And I sense that we may have a bit of a Jordan Rhodes rant incoming a bit later on as well. Uh, quick mention here for our goal partner, Title Law. More about Ollie and the company on the show notes. Um, now, down to business. I think I'm trying to delay this because the football this week's been a bit weird. And uh, Preston first. I don't really know where to start on this game. How would you sum it up? Well, it was a long time ago, but I would pretty much go with... Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> fairly accurate. Really, I just thought that there was nothing in it until the first penalty. And from that moment on, Wednesday gave themselves an uphill task and two errors um, have cost them. I think, you know, from one player and uh, I don't like singling players out but it, Moses Odebajo you can't really get past that um, the first penalty particularly he's got the wrong side of the man um, and he switched off and he didn't need to even bring him down Right, the, the striker still had an awful lot to do so I thought it was very naive defending from uh, an experienced player they were, they were both Fairly bad penalties to yeah. concede, really, weren't that he, he shouldn't have let the, the first one bounce. As you say, he doesn't really need to make the challenge. You could argue it's a bit unlucky. Another referee might not give it, although when you watch it, you just kind of think, you can't really argue with it. No, um, good blame. The second, the second one's just, it's just clumsy, but it's daft. You know, it's, it's not, he's not going to score from from there. I'd be surprised if, if the ball ends up in the back of the net in, in, that, in that position. Um, two really bad errors of... Frustrating Judgment. as when you look at the two defeats that Wednesday have suffered so far away from home, they've been three soft goals, they've been set plays, yeah. two pe- two penalties in a corner. Uh, and that's, I think, where it, it's a pity as I think there was an opportunity at Preston, like there was at Millwall, to get um, at, at least a point, I think there was. And... Uh, they then throw the kitchen sink uh, at Preston after they pulled that one back. Brilliant ball in from Adam Reach, trademark header, what we've come to expect from Stephen Fletcher. And I think if they'd had another five to ten minutes, they they probably would have salvaged a draw. But I think on the balance of play, Preston were worthy winners for me. I don't, n- neither team was brilliant but neither team was terrible. No. Um, it was fairly close, and it was really two errors that ultimately cost the the game. Uh, on another day, it, it could end up being a very different result. I mean, how many times have we have we said that? Um, just to take that little step back from it all, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we said that um, we've got this, you know, three games in a row coming up, uh, and we'd learn a lot about kind of what this Wednesday team's all about with uh, Millwall, Luton and uh, Preston. And I think, you know, we, we in an ideal world, we'd love to take nine points from those games. Six points would have been great. Mm. And we sort of said, well, four points is really sort of the minimum. And we come away with three points. Um, and we've probably learned a lot about the, the team over those games um, and things that we maybe didn't really know about the team until that that point. There's obviously stuff that needs working on. Um, this is not a team that's going to walk the league like we might have thought after mm. the first couple of games. Um, but kind of overall, with that kind of like little sort of like um, collection of fixtures that we've that we've had, and we'll, we'll ignore the Rotherham game for now because obviously it's a totally different starting eleven. But um, what what would you do? You think that that run of games has strengthened Lee Bullen's case? I think it's unchanged. I don't really think it... I think it's still pretty much the same. Like you say, disappointing points return. And if you also look at all the performances in isolation, I I, I think it was a step back, I would say, in terms of the performance levels from uh, how they had acquitted themselves against Reading and Barnsley. So I don't think the team has progressed as much as I would have liked to have seen from them in these three league matches. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say a little disappointing from that, but there is that then opportunity 
with the Queen, you know, the Queen's Park Rangers fixture, that if they win that, the likelihood is they go back into the playoffs. And uh, as I mentioned yesterday, it would be the best start that Wednesday's made since Dave Ponchan's series bought the club. 12 points out of 18. So that's why I think QPR is very significant um, psychologically for them to be in the top six and to try and quickly put the two disappointing results they've had away from home in the league behind them. Absolutely. Obviously, we'll chat in depth more about the QPR game, but it does feel um, like a, a weirdly sort of pivotal game, really, in terms of the, this this opening part of the season could be a success or it could actually be something we look on and go, well, that's not gone very well. Yeah. Uh, and it really hinges on whether we get three points on Saturday. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Just going back to the Preston game then. Um, so I, I'm going to jump around a little bit here in, in the stuff that I talk about um, because Atty Knew You comes on. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've questioned quite a few of Lee Bullen's substitutions in some games this season. They've not quite made sense. Um, I mean, bringing Atty on at Preston always makes sense because he always has a great game there. Um, but he he did change the game, didn't he? It was, it, it, it was definitely a different-looking Wednesday team that was a bit more direct that actually looked like it was going to create with Atty Nui on the pitch. Absolutely, yeah. He gives you... That physical presence up front and the ability to go long and he is awkward to play against. We've said it so many times before and off the bench he's got a track record of doing that late on in games when defences start to tire that you you can throw him on and he gives the opposition uh, a completely um, different thing and, and give it to think about and it's a different dynamic um, for Wednesday and yeah I, I think Atty knew you and what he's done in the last two matches I think certainly uh, he's reminded everybody of at the very least what a useful player is to have on the bench and certainly in your armoury. Um, we'll, we'll hear um, Lee Bullen talking in, in a bit about um, Preston kind of marking Barry Bannon out of the, the game. Um, let's talk a bit about the Wednesday midfield. And I have no kind of preconceptions as to what I think here, but I came away from the Preston game questioning whether that midfield three is is right. We know that it can work in games, but I felt midfield-wise we weren't particularly effective on Saturday. Um, maybe it is if, you know, if Bannon's not really in the game, then it just doesn't work. Um and I don't know what the answer is. I just came away thinking, right, we've got to change something in that midfield. And my first thought was, is should Barry Bannon always be first name on the team sheet? Is is there an argument there to say, look, you know, maybe um, Kieran Lee does a particular job. We know that Hutchinson does a particular job. Um, we In some games, we're going to need just something a little bit more forward thinking and a little bit more creative than what, what Barry Bannon does. Um Perhaps, but then the counter-argument is that we saw without Barry Bannon for long periods in the Rotherham tie that uh, Wednesday definitely lacked that creative spark or somebody who could dictate play in midfield and he made a huge but difference coming on. I know, I know it's different. Two, no, I know, I agree with that. But uh, yeah, I thought the balance, it didn't look great or right at Preston, but then that midfield three or four complemented each other well on the opening day at Reading. Uh, were no, they, you're right. they, they were playing against arguably stronger opposition, I would say. Preston, I still think, will finish higher than Reading come the end of the season. Uh, I wouldn't, So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about Barry Bannon. Uh, I, I think I actually thought Kieran Lee in the first 20 minutes or so looked quite lively um, at Preston and was that one who was getting furthers forward to support Stephen Fletcher. I, I've just felt for Stephen Fletcher, for especially in that first half, he was too isolated. And that's the trouble with the formation and the way that Wednesday are setting up away from home. And I think we've seen it a little bit against Millwall, definitely against Preston, that they need to get bodies up and around Stephen Fletcher uh, as fast as they possibly can when they're in, on the ball, when they're in possession. And I feel right now as if that that's the problem that they're not. 
uh, and they've got to, I think, improve that. They've got to do better on that, and that way they then create more chances and hopefully get Stephen Fletcher into the positions that we all know where he can hurt teams. It, it, it's a real tricky one, this, isn't it? Because we could almost do with just having an extra man. If we were allowed to play 12, we'd be fine. Um, we don't have a particularly, um, in terms of height, we don't have a huge squad. Um, particularly, I mean, obviously, you know, Hutch has got some height, but you know, generally gets a nosebleed if he finds himself in the penalty area. Um, you, you've got, you know, Bannon's not going to be... The way that we're no. playing at the moment with, with wide players looking to whip the ball into the box, which we've not done for years... And, and it's great seeing it. Um, I, I think we can still be way more effective with it, though, because we've only got Fletcher in there who's got that height to be able to do anything. You almost need someone playing off Fletcher. You almost need, yeah. like, a Forestieri playing in a number 10. Or and that's where, yeah, Kieran Lee or For- Forestieri, that should be the role. It def- one of those three in the centre has to go join in with Fletcher Um to give him that support so he doesn't become isolated, as I said before. I think we have to cut some slack to the fact that uh, Wednesday have got two wide players in who, by the very nature, wingers are going to be erratic. And I think we've certainly seen that with Jacob Murphy, who I thought struggled um, again um, away from home. And um, I think that's what we're going to get maybe a little bit for the time being with him. He's going to be, he's going to blow hot and cold. He's going to be up and down. And uh, Kadeem Harris probably hasn't looked as effective either. So I don't think it's just a, a midfield three problem. I, I think it was, it, it was the wingers as well for me, just as much. You've got to get them on the ball um, so that they can make things happen. And uh, and it just isn't, as a, as a cohesive unit on a consistent basis, it's not firing on all cylinders. I think that's what we're seeing at the moment. It's, it's still a team that's really figuring out who it is, isn't but it? It's very it's, early it's, days. It we're not even past the first month. So I think early. that's why I think it's, it comes back to that argument of we look, start to look more carefully or in detail at the table after 10 matches and we can properly analyse when it be nearly a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, how the players are performing, and we'll be hope we'll, we'll be looking at things and dissecting stuff, and and maybe going well. This player still needs to produce more. This guy's at the top of his game. Uh, maybe look at other players in the squad. Uh, so I think that we're we're going to get a better gauge. I think over the next month or so, um, in terms of what this team's really capable of. But I think so far what we're seeing is really a pattern of what we've seen since 2017 of inconsistency in performance and results. And that's what needs to obviously turn around. (laughs) If Wednesday are going to be in and around that top six this season, they're going to have to string, you would think, a sort of eight to maybe 12 match unbeaten run. And at the moment, and rightly so in some ways, when you've got seven or eight new players on your books, there are maybe a few teething problems. You can almost see Lee Bullen trying to trying to figure certain things out, can't you? Like he's, he's trying to figure out, you know, what's the right thing to do in terms of those two wide positions. We both said last week that we we felt it may well be reach that that drops out. Um, I actually think that we probably looked a weaker team without reach in it, in in hindsight, and 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 that you know look back and and, and probably say well. Jacob Murphy was never supposed to come into the team when he when he did originally, and he's kept his place. Um, and he's uh, had some good moments, but I would say he's you know on the balance probably been more disappointing than he has been effective. Um, so for me, someone that is um, I, I see Reach has been quite a consistent player, and I know there'll be fans that disagree with with that. Um, but you know, Adam Reach always puts in a hundred percent. He's not the kind of player like a traditional winger that sometimes it's just not his game and he's just not there. Adam Reach will always, always be Adam Reach. Um, we'll hear from him a little bit later on as well, where where you know he was telling you that actually you know playing on the wing is what he wants to do. It's where he sees his position. Um, so yeah, I, I sort of say you know, bully kind of figuring a few things out, and and we both said the same thing about taking Reach out of the team I'm, I'm not sure that this team benefits from Adam Reach not being in it I think he needs to be he needs to be in this team doesn't it? Yeah I wouldn't disagree with that I think it's his energy it's his goal threat and creativity and that 
cross for Fletcher's header brilliant. was outstanding. That and, goal, and by the way, was yeah. a, just a brilliant goal, and it'll be one that's forgotten because of you know it's it, it's just a scrappy looking goal at Preston when we're two 0 down. Um, but you know that that level of understanding between them two, Fletcher being in the right place and still getting in the back of the net, not an easy um, header by any stretch of the imagination. Nice goal that. And there's been a few of those. It wasn't it wasn't dissimilar from the one that Fletcher scored in that preseason game at, at Hillsborough, um, in 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 that sense. But um, just yeah, nice to see yeah. us scoring these goals from from you know crosses whipped in from the wings. Yeah, I agree. And uh, long may that continue. Um, anything else from the Preston game? I've, I've, I've I think we've covered most things really from the the Preston match. That yeah, disappointing result and uh, performance. Uh, aside, aside from the last 20 minutes where they threw everything at Preston and they couldn't quite find the equaliser maybe on another day they might have got a point um, but th- at this level you can't make the two elementary mistakes that Wednesday made uh, and th- and think you're going to get away with it you will get punished and that's what happened we did have chances early on in the game as well, didn't we? I think the, the, the Fletcher one's the one that stands out, that it's just ever so slightly behind him. And I think, you know, a, a couple of inches the other way and, and he, he probably sticks that in the back of the net. Um, my, my only kind of other worry from the game really was was just this kind of thing about us at the moment struggling a little bit to have like a plan B and a plan C if if the original game plan's not working. Um Things obviously did change late on at Preston, but it was just a little bit too little, too late. I know. I think I agree that I think that's still what they're working on. That um, Plan A. It seems to me that uh, it the, the Plan A is the one that they're trying to perfect, and in time, the more that these players get used to each other, that we'll hopefully see the Plan B, C when they have to dip into them. Uh, when the game isn't going their way, uh, and and I think that's I think that's fair enough really that those are to be worked on, and we we have seen I actually think that I and where I disagree with you a little bit on the subs I think that Lee Bourne has used the bench effectively at times this season and he's been quite bold in his changes I thought he certainly was. Um, uh, adventurous a little bit you could almost say actually at Millwall when straight away. Uh, you know he's moved Sam Hutchinson and Adam Reach into the full-back areas, uh, and he's you know, he's made a change at half-time, and so uh, from that I actually think he's made some positive subs. But the the longer he's in the job again, the more he'll learn and about his players that he's got, uh, and what will you know hopefully help Wednesday uh, you know Im- improve their results when uh, you know, things aren't going their way. We'll we'll hear from Bully in a bit. A um, couple of quite interesting things I thought that he was talking about. Um, wanting to play a little bit more possession based, but wanting it to be progressive. That's quite interesting. Um, and also hearing him kind of talk about the different ways in which you've got to win games in in the championship. Um, so we'll we'll hear that in a bit. First of all, uh, Rotherham United. It's happened again. <laughs> so uh, Wednesday night. Uh, it wasn't the greatest game in the world, was it? Um, but it was. Uh, there's no better way of winning a game than you know, almost literally the last kick of the match. No, it was very satisfying uh, end for Wednesday. You know, otherwise, it would have been the penalty lottery. Uh, but yeah, Atty was in the the right place at the right time, and good for his confidence too to get on the score sheet nice and early this season. I and I thought that. Of the nine changes that Lee Bourne's made, I thought a few of them did step up to the mark, and then a, a few others who we may touch on in more detail later, uh, I think, uh, disappointed. But I thought Massimo Luongu showed a lot of good signs midfield yep. uh, and may have played his way into contention for starting spot against his former club, QPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jordan Fawley, David Bates, really solid. Uh, defensively uh, against the front three in Rotherham, who I think will give a, a lot of teams problems in League One, uh, and I think they would in the Championship too uh, for for that point as well. Um, and, and Morgan Fox, uh, again, I, for me, doing as much as he possibly can to silence his critics. You know, putting a great cross for Jordan Rhodes's header in the first half, mm-hmm. but 
defensively stuck well to his task. And so I thought, you know, there were three or four bright individual performances. But as a team, must do better. Very nearly scored as well, didn't he, Morgan? Yes. Um, Yeah, I've got Atty down again, to be honest, as as a player that looked good. I thought he was just effective. And um, it's... um, I'm not sure that the tactics were quite right. Um, by that, I, it just felt like we got a lot of attackers on that pitch, and it yeah. didn't seem overly effective. It, it felt a little bit unbalanced. It was. It was unbalanced. It was difficult to figure yeah. out from from where we were in the stands. We were trying to figure out. Well, we've got like three strikers on the pitch and an out and out winger, and it's like I, I, I don't, I can't figure out how this team's playing. Mm. Is, is Winall playing wide? Is he playing in midfield? What's going on? Um, yeah. It was. It was a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of think, well, fair play to Lee Bullen. He's trying to do something a little bit different there, but it, it just felt a little bit on the messy side. It did, and it was a, it was more a case of, I think Lee Bullen, he's got this juggling act of where he was desperately trying to get these players' minutes. You know, So many of them haven't had any football this season, and that's why he was um, annoyed uh, in many ways, from a selfish point of view, that that Berry first round game didn't go ahead uh, as he could again have got more minutes into these players legs and so that's why he, he sort of was left in a way with how do you fit Sam Winnell into the starting 11 and initially I thought that maybe they were going to play a diamond in midfield and he was going to be at the tip of that um, behind Atty and Jordan up front, but it didn't really materialise that way. In fact, he was playing out wide, and I actually thought he did okay at times, and he switched wings with Jacob Murphy, and I thought that um, he put in a good shift, did Sam win on until he had to go off at half-time. Yeah, of course, um, and he's still a little bit of a doubt, isn't he, for the uh, for the QPR game, a little bit touch and go. Um, right, who didn't look good to you then? I actually thought that Winall for me looks a little bit um, a little bit ineffective. Um, Jordan Rose looks a little bit ineffective. I thought Pelupesi didn't look great, uh, and to be honest, I think that Murphy should be ripping it up against League One sides. They were they were the players that I'd kind of had down as not the best not the best of days. Wouldn't disagree with any of that. Are we go. Are we doing a subject now or later? Or well, well, let's. Um, I don't know we'll, the running we'll, order. We'll I'll let you decide that. Boss. Well, we, we've got we've got Lee Bullen um, talking a little bit about Jordan Rose in a bit. So yeah. let's let's let him has his say before we kind of come back in on. Um, okay. On that one. Um, so I mean, the only other thing to say is, look, it, a win's a win, uh, and it sets up a pretty tasty um, tie against Everton. Absolutely, yeah, uh, and very good tie, and hopefully a decent crowd. I, I reckon on a Tuesday night in September, uh, we'll see how the next three league results go. I think that could obviously determine the crowd, but I, you'd like to think between twenty-five to twenty-eight thousand. They bring a um, a big following, but yeah, I haven't played Everton for I think. 12 years or so oh, I remember going there I was at university I remember going to the 3-0 home defeat then actually I think Yakubu scored one of them for mm-hmm. for uh, Everton but I, I, I think that Everton will field a weakened side uh, but it'll still be pretty strong but yeah it should be a good test for Wednesday that and I think uh, if, if they perform to the level that they did a few years ago at home in that famous Ar- Arsenal win, then who knows? Who knows? I had, um, I'm in a WhatsApp group with a few of the Wednesday fans, and we, we had a, a long discussion um, about this um, when when we drew um, Everton in the next round uh, about playing a full strength team in um, not just this cup competition, but I guess any cup competition, really. Um, I'm probably the only person that looks back on that Arsenal win and says it was a great night and everything but it cost us because we go through to the next round Tom Lees gets injured at Stoke and he's then missing for a key part of the season now look in hindsight I'm not saying that Wednesday would have won automatic promotion that season if Tom Lees had been there Um, but there's a much bigger thing at play than having a great night and beating Arsenal at home at this stage of the mm. season when you know we're, we've actually from an injury point of view this has been the best opening to a season we've had for many years where the injuries that we've had have generally been minor ones and um, you know with all due respect to the players that have picked up injuries they've not been what your class has been critical they've all been areas where we've got a good level of um, cover um, so I'm I, I think I think we'd be daft to play a full strength team against Everton 
One, I think, for us to discuss uh, much closer to the time. But it probably yeah, I, is. I, I, but yeah, this, I, I think this will be one for a future. Our yeah. opinions actually. Over it the, does. Uh, yeah, I think over the international um, break, we'll come back to this one in the next week or two. Because, Good shout. Uh, I feel really, really strongly about it that it's just taking risks that it's not worth doing for a competition that ultimately we're not going to win. It doesn't. It doesn't really mean anything. But um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people with um, an opposing side to uh, to that argument. Um, okay, let's hand over to Bully now, and uh, he starts us off by discussing the upcoming international break. Yeah, I think it's great for any football club to have international players out. We've got Bugatti's off with Kosovo, and I think they they play England in one of the games. Um, I believe Kieran's in the squad for Ireland. Uh, Massimo's away with Australia. So when you can attract international players, then it's always a bonus and I think it's always a lift. So hopefully they go away and come back with no injuries. He's uh, with Luongo. He's not travelling to the other side of the world. No, to play, it's not though, too bad this time. Yeah, flying <laughs> into Dubai and then Kuwait. So he's sort of going halfway there and coming back again. But I'm sure he gets a nice seat on the plane. <laughs> what have you made of uh, QPR's start to the season, Lee? They've had some really good results. They went to go down against Wigan and uh, turned that round significantly and went on and scored three goals, wonderful goals, fully deserved it. The result, then obviously results like midweek against Portsmouth will, they will go down as a disappointment. Obviously Mark's made some changes in that as well, so that can happen. Portsmouth are a strong side in that league and probably one of the favourites to get promoted, so that was never going to be an easy fixture for them. In Hugel and Wells, we know that at this level they have got goals. I think the young boy Easy is one of the brightest young prospects in English football at the moment. Uh, they've got good experience defensively. So, listen, it's it's a normal type of championship match where it's going to be a tough, tough game, no matter what form the opposition's in. But how delighted have you been with your own f- home form so far this season? Yeah, delighted, but there's still always room for improvement. We, we want to start to play a little bit more football, dominate games, and that, that starts from, I suppose, starts with Kieran Westwood setting us off on the front foot. We want to play a little bit more possession-based, but not just keeping possession for the sake of it. It's about making passes for progression rather than possession, you know what I mean? We need, we need to get forward, we need to get at people, we need to get people in the box, and we've created a lot of chances in a few games earlier on this season, but we're not taking the the percentage of the chances that we're creating. Now, that's that's the next part, and that's probably the most hard, hardest part in football. Mm. The first part is creating the chances, the second part is putting them away, and that's, that's what we need to start doing a little bit more as well. The expectation will with you being at home and the start you've made, that you'll probably be going in as favourites for tomorrow. Do you expect the players to handle that pressure? I'm sure they will. And I think um, that's part and parcel of working at a, a big club, I think. The fan base, obviously we have a fabulous, fabulous fan base and numbers and and they, they expect performances at home, victories at home. And when it doesn't happen, then you understand there's going to be a bit of disappointment. But... Mm. I think we've got the players now that have been here long enough and know and know what uh, the atmosphere at Hillsborough is like. So I'm sure they'll be able to handle that expectation level, no problem, go out there and put on a good performance. Uh, we've spoken a couple of times about uh, Morgan Fox and that's interest in him. Has there been any follow-up further? I've heard nothing about it other than what I've read in newspapers. As I say, I've come off uh, the Twitter, so I don't, I don't know. I've just seen bits and pieces in newspapers. Uh, what other people have told me. So I'll be 100% honest with you, the chairman has not mentioned a thing to me about Morgan Fox and Sunderland. You've been involved the last two games, I mean, I dare say a coincidence, they've, they've been more like arm wrestles, haven't they, than, mm. than free-flowing football. It'd be, mm. be nice to see a little bit of a change in that respect, wouldn't it? We always aim to play free-flowing football, obviously, but sometimes you've got to just play what's in front of you. Opposition sometimes set out to nullify what your plan is and you have to try and find a different alternative. If you have to go a little bit longer, more direct, then you do it. If you get, you have to go wider to get down the flanks, you're going to do it. Um, we want to play football, of course we do. But like at Preston, they played the boy Alan Brown just to follow Bannon about the pitch. If you put a player cam on Bannon, you would see Alan Brown two yards from him any time he got near the ball. That's what Alex said. We thought, in my opinion, one of the best technical footballers in the league is Paul Gallagher. And he causes problems all, all the time. But, but Alex... He stated he played, he played Brown just to nullify Bannon. So these are all different conundrums, different questions that we're asked. We have to try and try and figure a way out of uh, getting something out of the game and, and, and handling that type of thing. So. It's quite the uh, mark of respect on the individual, though. Isn't oh, it? of course it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I'm sure it can be frustrated for the wee man at times, but more often than not, he's still able to pick out uh, little flashes of brilliance now and again in a game that can can help you out. And I think uh, bringing his coming influence on the other night was was certainly a a big factor in us uh, nicking the nicking the late winner. Do you think that a lot of teams, maybe not all of them, I don't know, will will look at Wednesday and try and do that first, mm-hmm. if you like that. They will see Wednesday as a team that you know might get in the playoffs, etc. Well, let's stop them playing before we think about playing our own game. Now. I think that's what's happened a couple of times this season already. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, that's up to us to find the solutions. It's up to the players to rise above that and prove the reputations that obviously our opposition opposition teams maybe have for them. Mm. Uh, changing tack ever so slightly, uh, Jordan Rhodes. How, how do you assess him right now? A lot of fans seem to think he looks like an unhappy player out there. What's what's your take on that? Uh, he seems a lot happier since coming back from Norwich. Obviously, he had a he had a hand in a positive season last year, uh, last year with Norwich. He's trained tremendously well. His running stats, distance-wise, was was more than any other player on the pitch the other night. I think he's just one of these players that needs needs a little break in front of goal, and that will change things. I think he's frustrated, obviously, at the moment. One, we're not starting games, and two, we're maybe not not getting on the score sheet the other night or opportunities that he's taken. But we know Jordan's records and. Um, We'll give him the support he needs and then hopefully we'll get the benefits of that. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, the header wasn't an easy chance by any stretch of the imagination, but then other bits just don't seem to be falling for him right now to throw a, a football cliche, but it's there, isn't it? The yeah, there was, a, there was a threaded pass for Sam Winnell earlier in the first half that if it's an inch either or other way, I think Hiekwe gets a, gets a big toe in it or something, then Jordan's through one-on-one. These type of things that can make the difference. If that goes through to Jordan, you fully expect him to score. I know that, like you're saying, the header wasn't an easy chance, but I've seen Jordan score them and he's sleeping in the past. And that's, as I say, that's just getting that first goal sometimes can, can make such a big difference. But um, we're supporting them. We're there as we are with Sam Winnell, as we are with Big Atty and the players that aren't playing at the moment. We're there to support and give them every opportunity that we can. But again, every other player's in there as well, just waiting on that opportunity. So there we are. Just finally, obvious question, I suppose. International break coming. Are you expecting some kind of clarity from upstairs? What's going on with I'm the, the manager? I'm not expecting anything. No, not at all. I, I, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the over the next few weeks uh, with regards to that situation. So, but again, I'm not expecting anything. I don't really know what will happen. I'm not sure if the chairman will be heading back to Thailand or down to London or whatever. I'm not sure. So, what will be, will be. Okay, so we uh, we alluded to it earlier, Lee Bullen, um, talking about Jordan Rhodes in there. Let's go into a bit more depth on um, on this. A lot of people have had a lot of things to say about uh, not just his performance on Tuesday night, but you know a few other kind of question marks as well, particularly in the immediate aftermath after the goal. Um, I know you you've you've got you've got your own opinions on this. I am starting with his performance. There was a, there wasn't, there was a. <laughs> it wasn't a good moment. I thought in the first half where there was a ball that was sort of knocked down, maybe the middle of the pitch uh, for Jordan Rhodes to run onto, and he was outpaced by Richard Wood, and um, that was a, I thought, a, a bit of a low moment. Um, when you phrase it like that, yeah, uh, where you know, with no disrespect to you know, Richard Wood, um, as Wednesday fans know, I think he's a, he's a top guy, good defender, but he is now thirty six, uh, and so it, it didn't look too clever. Um, but but you know, fair enough. Look, Jordan's pace is not what he's renowned for, and he isn't, there's no disputing. And as Lee Bowen uh, alluded to in his pre-match press conference ahead of QPR, that uh, you know he he probably was up there with his running stats, and he did run as far uh, as anybody else on the pitch. The work ethic's there, but it's not happening for him. And this that has been the story of his Wednesday career. And that chance in the first half of the header wasn't easy, but I do think that Jordan Rhodes in his pomp would have actually probably put that away. Mm-hmm. But the guy looks bereft of confidence, and I'm not quite sure he's going to come out of this slump. I mean, this slump has now been not just a few games. It's been years. Years. Uh, the stats show you that. It wasn't a regular, admittedly, at Norwich last season. But he didn't play a big part in their promotion. He was back up to the goal machine of Timu Puki, who got nearly 30. Uh, so he wasn't 
an integral member uh, for me in their success. Some of his goals came in the cup, so he didn't score that many important goals in the championship. And then on what he's done at Wednesday, he's not got double figures in a few years. And so we're not going to go back to revisiting our opinions uh, from a few weeks ago, but I think my point still stands on them. He has not justified at all the, the big outlay and price tag that Wednesday paid for him a few years ago. And right now, you'd have to say the jury's out on on him rediscovering that form that made him one of the most ruthless goal scorers at this level, arguably ever. Certainly right up there. You, you've got to wonder, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree in terms of you know his performance on Tuesday. He, he could have scored and, and maybe look back and say, well, that's what, um, sorry, on Wednesday, that's what you get with um, Jordan Rhodes, that you know, even if he doesn't have the most fruitful of games, he can still pop up and, and score a goal. And maybe that's yeah. what Jordan Rhodes has always been like. Um, he's just a guy that scores goals. Problem is when you've got a Jordan Rhodes that's not scoring goals, um, it's it's tricky, isn't it, to kind of see, well, what, what is he doing? What yeah. what is his role in this in this team? Um, you know, we can look at the other players that we've got that play in forward positions and say, well, you know, so and so brings this to the team, so and so brings that to the team. Um, it's it's hard at the moment with Jordan Rose, and I feel for him because I I, I really like the lad, um, and I really want this to happen for him. Um, yeah, I just look back and think maybe we should just take him whatever was on the table from Norwich in the summer, whatever that initial bid was. Maybe we should just have done the deal. Well, when you look back now, would you have taken that cheeky offer of um, would take him off your hands for nothing? Uh, no. It would have been a huge loss. I, financially, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So, no, for me, I mean, that was complete non-starter. And, uh, you know, Norwich thought they'd asked the question. But, yeah, I think Wednesday were well entitled to turn around and say absolutely. no. But I think that was the, the other factor for me the, the other night that there was no evidence at any point of a partnership between him and Atty Nui up front for me. I, ju- I looked at them and did just think they were two individuals playing together, that there was no link-up play. And uh, down the years with Jordan Rhodes, when, like Rudy Gestead and Benica Fobi, when he was banging the goals in, lean over, right, he played off a front man. Mm-hmm. But when he has had chances to play in a two up front and everybody get bangs on about, oh, you know, then we're going to see the best of Jordan Rhodes, play to his strengths, get crosses into the box. If he plays in a two and the other person does his donkey work for him, oh, you watch him fly. Well, it's happened. It's happened a number of times in a Wednesday shirt and he and he hasn't delivered for, for whatever reason. It hasn't happened for him. And uh, no one, I think, can question the work ethic is there. Um, and he is trying, but the longer he goes without a goal, uh, like the more I think his confidence just seems to uh, desert him. Um, let's talk about the goal then. Um, so, what are you reading into Jordan Rhodes' reaction in the immediate after? Uh, there's been a yeah. lot said about it. The house, um, yeah, and you can look at yeah. it and say it, it, it was. Arguably, it was it was his goal. He's going to stick that in the back of the net, and yeah. he gets a nudge in the back, and it ends up being um, Atiniu's goal. Um, and is that just yeah. the reaction of someone that's just gutted because he's so desperate to get his name on the score sheet, or is it the reaction of no. someone that's but just disconnected from things? I don't like that though. I, I, for me, that attitude, what I saw, and I didn't see it at the time. I only saw it after the footage afterwards. Yeah. And that, for me, I think it is a bit damning. It's not. It doesn't look good. You know, when you're wanting a team to for everyone to be pulling in the same direction, and a last minute winner. For me, everybody, it doesn't matter who it is against, you should all be joining in to celebrate in front of your fans, in the corner. You should be enjoying that moment. And Jordan Rhodes, it did look like his reaction was one of, yeah, maybe he was annoyed that Atty knew he was shown, for me, greater desire to get the ball, to get get on the end of it, to put it in the net. Uh, And Jordan Rhodes... Perhaps maybe a few years ago when he had more confidence. You know, he he would have had that hunger to have got in there and maybe potentially you, you could get hurt. You could. But Atty got there in front of him and Atty's put it away. And Atty deserves the credit for that. Jordan, I, I think that initial reaction, maybe, yeah, to some extent you can understand it. But, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look clever, though, when everybody else 
has gone up to celebrate with Atty, that last-minute winner. Uh, and then Jordan eventually goes up to join them, and he's pretty much the last Wednesday player to do that. And no, I, um, for me, when you're trying to foster strong team spirit yeah. and work ethic, and um, you, you know, I'm sh- you know, I'm sure Wednesday, you know, it's gone on social media. That's gone viral. That will have been picked up by people at the club. They will have seen that, and uh, and they will all be thinking the same. That perhaps this is a guy who doesn't want to be here, and is unhappy. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm trying to sort of figure a way of playing devil's advocate a bit on it, and it, it's really difficult because when your team scores in the last minute, you should be you should be going crazy like everyone else. Yeah, and, um, that it just looked like look so at Barry Bannon, just just disconnection from yep. from from the rest of the team, and that's um, that's a real worry though, isn't it? Because we know that you know he he, he gave that interview when he was at Norwich. And talked about um, you know issues in the dressing room, which you know, yep. hinted at there being problems at, at Wednesday. Now, obviously, some of the players that that he was probably talking about there have probably moved on now, and um, you know there's been a lot of, of of comings and goings. But actually, quite a lot of those players are, are, are still there as well. Um, is there is actually a real risk, isn't there, that we have got a player there that really is disconnected from quite a lot of the squad that probably maybe doesn't want to be here, that wanted to go, um, and just doesn't feel um, like he's really got a place here. Jordan Rhodes seems to me to be the type of player that he needs an arm around the shoulder, he needs to be loved, he needs to feel cared for, and that he's the main man. And at Wednesday, it's been a long time since he's felt like that. And it, the difficulty is that in the system and the way that Wednesday are playing right now, I don't see where Jordan Rhodes fits into that. He's not a like-for-like replacement for Stephen Fletcher. The closest one would be Atty New You. Yeah. And so unless you're going to change your system and Wednesday have won four out of six, so why would they do that? Where does Jordan Rhodes fit into the plans? Uh, it's a hard question that don't, I, I I don't know the answer. No, and don't at the moment knows the answer. No, and this is it. Look, we we could be reading too much into this, and we uh, on this podcast we like to you know have obviously topics to discuss and things to debate and talk about, and so I, you know this isn't us attacking Jordan Rose or hammering. You know, we just we, we want him to fulfil his potential and what he's done down the years uh you know at his other clubs and things seem to be going backwards right now and it, it, unfortunately the jordan Rhodes puzzle is one that carlos carvalho jos lukai steve bruce didn't have that but it's three managers now who are trying to come up with a solution to so that wednesday are getting the best out of jordan Rhodes. And at the moment, well, in fact, all three have taken the view that they've had a look, they've tried to come up with a solution, and in fact, we're going to look elsewhere. That's what's happening. Uh, And so I think that tells you pretty much everything that you need to know. But of course, you've got, with Jordan Rhodes, unless somebody comes in from Europe in the next couple of days and Mm. takes him off Wednesday's hands, he's a Sheffield Wednesday player uh, until January... Uh, at the very least so Wednesday've got five forwards Jordan Rhodes if they get injuries to Stephen Fletcher Fernando Forestieri Atty Nuyu Jordan Rhodes you would think will get some game time over the next few months so maybe there is an opportunity for him to turn things around okay um Let's talk about the QPR game, last game before the international break. Um important to keep up the um 100% home record. Um also want to finish this kind of first chunk of the season with a win. We touched on this earlier, didn't we, about the fact that this game's a bit pivotal. It kind of pushes us down the kind of the path of thinking it's been a good start to the season or it's been a pretty kind of topsy-turvy, fairly average start to the season. And it all really hinges on whether or not Wednesday win. I think if Wednesday even draw against QPI, you'd look at it and say, it's been all right, but it's not been a particularly special um, start to the season. It, it, you know, it started strongly and has actually kind of you know, petered off a little bit. Uh, so we really need to get those three points. Yeah, well, a draw and a, def- or a draw defeat for me, as Lee Bourne pointed out, it would then it makes it a steady start. 
whereas a win makes it a good start and it, it is significant definitely and I, I don't think the last two or three performances in the championship uh, have been the best so it would be nice to see Wednesday put on a show and a, and a strong performance and continue the home form the home form is going to be pivotal last few years they haven't been winning enough at Hillsborough under Carlos Carvalho we saw that Wednesday did have the power of Hillsborough and make it into a bit of a fortress Wednesday've sort of gone away from that the last few years so they need to get back to that and this let's be fair QPR are not one of the powerhouses of the championship so they should be targeting and looking at this one like they did for Luton and Barnsley as home matches you should be winning there is a certain level of pressure and expectation on Wednesday tomorrow and pressure, of course, on Lee Bourne, I think, to, to get the result to strengthen his case for the managerial role. But they can't take QPR lightly. I actually think and I expect QPR to do better this season. I look at their attacking options and I think in young Eze, I think they've got a very uh, good player there. Yep who can cause teams some serious damage in this league. And then uh, Naki Wells and Jordan Hugel. Um, Jordan Hugel's had a very good start to his QPR career. So they, they can be a handful in the day. So, yeah, Wednesday, I've got to be on it. Um, so Liam Palmer back in uh, contention. As we said earlier, it's a bit touch and go. I with, think he'd come um, back in the team, Liam Palmer, not. as well. Yeah, I think probably so. I mean, you touched on earlier and I, I kind of agreed that... Um, uh, Luongo's performance on Wednesday night kind of puts him in with a real shout of getting a start. Who do you think comes out? Well, they rested Kieran Lee, Sam Hutchinson, Barry Bannon got the last 25 minutes. I would be shocked if Sam Hutchinson and Barry Bannon don't play, so then it really leaves Kieran Lee, who I would say is threat, his place is most under threat um, from Luongu. Um, but then again, Lee Ball might want to go in a different direction. And I think from what he's hinted at over the last couple of days, it sounds to me like I think Fernando Forestieri will be playing. And I think if Fernando Forestieri comes in for his first start of the season... I would say that the likely fall guy would be Jacob Murphy. Um, but yeah, uh, then you've got, if that's the case, then you've got Adam Reach, Massimo Luongu and Kieran Lee, who I think are fighting for one place in the team, if they're staying with this formation that they're in right now. That's a tricky one, that, because they're all players that you could argue um, are, are well worth a, a, a place in any team in the Championship. We've talked about Kieran Lee and how the Wednesday team looks different when he's playing. What would Lu you do? Luongu, Who would you go for, though? I don't know. Um, I, I want to see Luongu start. Uh, I want to see what effect that has in a championship game. I think he's a slightly different kind of midfielder to anyone that we've that we've got. He's, he's got an attacking... I think he's got, he's got a bit a of everything. presence about him as well. I, he's got yeah. something that we need to see a bit more of. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've obviously lost two out of the last three in the league. There's, there's an argument there for saying, let's just freshen a couple of things up. Um, I'll be honest, I touched on it earlier on. Um, I'd, I'd be looking at Bannon, to be honest. I don't know whether or not I'd be starting Bannon. Um, I just think that the impact it's he made... It's a really easy thing to say. I know Rotherham, so many people felt that he swung it Wednesday's way the other night and that he made a huge difference uh, against Rotherham, and I think he did. So I, I think Barry Bannon comes back in for me. I, I actually think the attacking option, if you're going to go with the three in midfield, would be to play Reach in there at home. I think if, if you're looking for someone to, to get up in and, in and around Stephen Fletcher uh, and Adam Reach is desperate to get on the score sheet. It's, he's not scored, actually, since February. Uh, so that's quite a long time for Adam Reach. And I, I'd, I'd think that if you push him a little bit further forward and try and get him into almost the number 10 position, let Bannon and Hutchinson sit, then... Yeah, hopefully, I think it, you could see a positive result for Wednesday. The, there is an option there as well, isn't there, for a bit of interchange with Forestieri if he does play. Yeah, true. If the reach can drop onto the wing, Forestieri can come a bit more central if needs be. Um, they, those guys have played a lot of football together. They know each other pretty well. Um, so I, I can see the advantage of that. 
uh, it, it's certainly going to you know come to a clock. It'll be interesting to see which direction Lee Bullen mm. goes with um, this. I know we've said this I don't know how many times in the last few weeks, but it's another real pivotal team selection for him, isn't it? You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's really got he's got to get this one right. We've we've got to show that response. We've got to get that that you know that win in the in the bag. Uh, and really, it kind of feels like it needs to be. It's not going to be an easy win. There aren't easy wins in the championship, yeah. but it could do with being yeah. a confident yeah. win that a we go into the international break thinking. Yeah. A couple of wobbles, yeah. all right. A couple of games that we've lost, but we're learning all the time, and actually, we're finishing that you know part one of the season on a real positive, strong footing. Yeah, I agree. I think they need a strong performance, hopefully a comfortable win. Um, but yeah, for those positive thoughts to go into the international break and they've got four or five players who are away on international duty, Massimo Luongu, Ati Nuyu, Kieran Westwood, Liam Palmer, and so hopefully they won't pick up any injuries. But yeah, you, you would have to say then that we'll go into September and you've got Huddersfield away, Fulham at home and the Everton tie... Uh, I think couple of away games is it against Middlesbrough and Hull. So three of the f- the next four matches in the Championship after QPR are away from home. Uh, so it's going to be a big test for Wednesday, which is again I think why it's really important for them to get a good result. Absolutely right. Let's get the thoughts of Adam Reach. Uh, he's hoping for a less scrappy game than it was on Saturday. If they play a little bit more expansive, then it, it sort of allows us to do the same. But I, I know this division pretty well now and and. A lot of games do turn into that scrappy affair, um, and we'll be ready for that. Ideally, we'll we'll play some nice football and win it that way. But you know, if we've got to do it the ugly way, like we have done in previous games, like the Luton one, and what I heard about Rotherham, um, then we're more than capable of winning that way as well. What have you made of how things have gone for you so far this season, Adam? I've been happy. I think um, uh, physically, I'm feeling good and 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 as fit as I've as I've ever been. Um, I think from the first five league games, I've only really played in my preferred position the very first game of the season because of uh, injuries to Barry early on. I've had to step in and play in midfield where maybe I'm not as comfortable and maybe not as effective, but I've done the job for the team. And um, I think overall everyone's performances have been high and there's obviously things I can improve on. I'm always looking to progress and get better. Um, I think for me, the goals will come. I'm not. I've got no doubts about that. Um, last season, I think I scored my first league league goal, sort of this time last year, Reading away before the international break. So in terms of, I'm I'm in the same sort of situation as I was last year. So um, I'm fully confident that my performances will just keep increasing as the season goes on. Have you said to Lee that you would like to play, ideally out wide? Well, he knows that, of course. I played there last season and, and got my goals there. But Jacob, Jacob's come in and done really well. And um, it's good, comp- like I've said earlier, it's good competition to have. It's keeping me on my toes. It's keeping Jacob on his toes and, and everyone in the squad, really. And um, we'll see what happens Saturday, whether I play, if I do, where that's going to be. But as long as I'm in the team, I'm going to give my all um, wherever I play to do the best I can for the team. Of course, ideally, I want to be back out wide, but um, you know that's Bully's decision. He's got tough decisions now because the whole squad have, have worked really hard and are at good levels. So um, yeah, I wouldn't want to be him right now. You know, with the dis- dis- decisions he has to make. How desperate are you to get back on the score sheet? It's been a little while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Um, it's one of those. I don't overthink it, but you know, when it does come, it'll be nice. And, and you know, in my past history, I seem to when I get one, I seem to get a few. Uh, in succession so I'm looking forward to getting the first one and mm-hmm. I've got targets that I've set to improve on last season's goal tally and assists or whatever so um, you know the quick I get off the mark it's obviously better for me What are your targets? Uh, well those targets will keep personal um, but of course obviously I want to just beat last year's tally of, of nine if I can get there then you move on to the next target but um Obviously, individual stuff's not as important as the team's performances, but if I can start scoring goals and, and other players from midfield can help Fletch out with goals, then we'll be in a good place. Three years since uh, you came here. Can you believe where it's gone? It's been great, but it's also been disappointing because we haven't quite managed to, to achieve what we, we set out to when I first came. We've been close. Um, and, yeah, it's, it, I'm, in, I'm into my fourth season and 
you know, just shy of 150 appearances, which I'm very proud of. And it's, um, I think, the most proud I am because I think every season I've progressed and that's, you know, at the start of every season, my main objective is just to improve as a, as a player. And I think I've done that every season I've been here. So, um, you know, that's my target again this year. You look at this squad now and how it's developed, even in, I suppose, six, eight months, I suppose, there, there, there are options upon options upon options to do things differently, aren't there? Yeah, I think that showed at Rotherham that we've made as many changes as we had and still put out a very strong uh, championship side. Um, and like you say, we've developed a squad now that's ready to compete at the top end of the championship. We've got at least two, position, uh, two players for every position in the team, which you need. Um, and that can only benefit us because we've got competition now. You know, you know, if you have a couple of below below average games, then you might be in, in danger of losing your shirt and that keeps everyone going. And uh, The players that we brought in are all footballing players that can play a nice football, but then I think we've brought in guys with, with good mentality and, and, and good fight about them that we can win the scrappy way as well. OK, earlier on then, we, uh, we heard Lee Bullen touch on this. The only kind of sort of transfer news, might be non-transfer news, um, Morgan Fox linked to um, Sunderland, which actually seems to be reported as you know a fairly, fairly kind of reliable. And then uh, Lee Bullen uh, very much either dismissing it or just saying, well, if it's happening, no one's telling me about it. Uh, no, there has been a bid from Sunderland. It was £200,000 and it was last weekend uh, and that was turned down by the club. It, it makes absolutely no sense for me to sell Morgan Fox, um, and and also, if they accepted that price, then they would be taking a big loss on what they paid for him, which was around sort of three quarters of a million. Yeah, a few years. it wouldn't sense. be great business. Uh, I know Morgan Fox is in the last year of his contract, but yeah, uh, for me, it was an absolute no-brainer to turn down. They can't afford to sell Morgan Fox when he is their only natural left back. And if you, if you get rid of Morgan Fox with Matt Penny having gone to Germany, we won't talk about his debut. Yeah, um, yeah less said about that, the better. But then it would only leave him with Liam Palmer, Moses Odebaje, who would be playing out position at left back. So no, for Morgan Fox um, definitely... Uh, has to stay put, and frankly, his last couple of performances um, have been really good. Um, so he deserves his place in the team right now. Fair enough. Uh, right then, Alpinions. So last week, uh, Dom asked for your suggestions on Wednesday players who came good after a bit of a slow start to their career at S6. Uh, great reaction to this. Thank you very much. Um, have, have you kind of put together your 11? Yeah, I think so. We've got a few players who uh, will be playing out position. But uh, yeah, I think I've sort of got a 4-4-2 in here and, and a sub. But yeah, like you said uh, there, James, now thank you everyone for your suggestions and the names you put forward. And we've got Lee Grant in goal, Zico, of course. Um, Lewis Buxton might have to play uh, centre-half. Mm, he, um, he did He did a few times. Uh, was much better at right-back, though. Um, Frankie Simek, as well, may have to go in at centre-half. Probably the smallest one ever. Right. Um, but just to fit him in. Uh, Chris Brunn, I think, would have to play uh, as an emergency left-back uh, right. on this team. Because then we've got a midfield four... You could set them up however you like, but you've got Chris Maguire, Kieran Lee, John Sheridan in there, Adam Reach, mm -hmm. with the front two of Gerald, Gerald Sibon and uh, Gordon Watson, yeah. uh, with uh, Gary Hooper probably making the bench. Hooper on the bench. I've gone with Hooper on the bench. Fair enough. Um, so this week... Um, you know the the quote from Lee Bullen during the week about um, about Atty New You, saying he's a bit of a love hate figure among the fan base. I think we should settle that then. So it's simple. It's just it's a straightforward poll. Atty New You, love or hate? Simple. as I that. like it. Yeah, simple and sweet. And uh, yeah, I think we'll get. I think that will get. That will split people. It will. Uh, yeah. Worth this. This is anonymous. We're not. We can't see who votes which way. We're not going to be outing people if uh, 
for whichever way you uh, you vote on this one. So uh, head to our Twitter page to cast your vote. Um, if you want to tell us why you voted one way or the other, then please do. We'll use some of your thoughts. Next Friday, you can join in the conversation with hashtag Alpinions on Twitter. You can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott or contact the show at Dom and James. And that is just about it. Thank you for joining us. As ever, let us have your feedback on the show. We appreciate your reviews. Please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice to get the new episode every week. And check the show notes for details of how you can become a Singing the Blues supporter. Up the owls and see you next week. (laughs) 